0: Impossible things are happening. I go to the store, and everyone is wearing masks. Many of the people are wearing gloves. And they go about their business as if it's normal, as if nothing has changed from any other time. But I know that it has. It's not normal. It's not the way it should be. It's not the way I remember it being throughout the entirety of my life. It seems impossible. It seems impossible also that I go to a restaurant, my favorite restaurant, and I can't go in and sit down and order my food and sit and eat it and talk to the wait staff and talk to people at neighboring tables. I can't do that. I have to go in and pick it up from behind a plexiglass screen and pay while wearing gloves and a mask again to somebody else who's wearing gloves and a mask. It's impossible. It's not like anything else that I've ever experienced in my life. It's, it's not right. It's impossible. I can't go to any event where there would be a crowd of people. They don't even have those events anymore. They've been canceled it's impossible. I don't go to work at an office anymore with coworkers. I work from my home all the time. And, of course, I'm used to doing work from home. I'm a, I'm a writer, but I also have a day job. I'm used to working in an office, but I don't anymore. <laughs> I don't anymore. Those days are gone. And it's, it's impossible. And the fact of this impossibility is only more reinforced because it is so impossible, and it would have been thought impossible a mere three or four months ago in my life experience. Uh, if, if you had told me this five months ago or four months ago, that this is the way things would be, I, I don't think I would have believed you. It's impossible. It's a dream. It has to be a dream. And in fact, the fact that I spend so much time at home in this continuum, which my life has become, this continuum of sameness, (laughs) uh, I think it makes it seem even more dreamlike because I sleep, I wake up, I walk down the hall, I go to work, then I eat dinner and then I get back in the chair in my office and I work some more on my writing and publishing. And then I go to sleep and I start the whole thing over again. And it all seems to, it all feels like it's one continuous roll of information. It just, it doesn't seem like it really ever changes much. And it just goes on and on. And it feels dreamlike because of the lack of variety, the lack of punctuation, the lack of excitement, the lack of company other than my wife and the few other people with whom I come in contact, the postman, uh, neighbors, my parents, and it's just, it's like a dream. And, and it becomes even more dreamlike when the, the, the bugs on my window screens talk to me as i'm sure they're talking to you as well i mean just a couple of months ago that would not have seemed normal to me but now it it seems quite normal they 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 chatter at me from the screens and they say things in fully formed words and sentences bob bob come out come out we 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 want, we want we want to spend time with you come out here bob it's time it's time for your new bug life come and join us that's what they're saying to me and i i'm sure they're saying the same to you of course but i mean just a couple of months ago i wouldn't think thought i would not have thought that was normal i and similarly the 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 purple sky the strange changes in the sky from purple to green to that strange shimmering gold that's almost like the northern lights but with a golden tint it's sort of like a combination between the northern lights and a sunset? Only it sings, which is even I mean, you know what I'm talking about, of course. Doesn't it seem strange to you? Doesn't it seem dreamlike? I know it's right? I mean it's 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 amazing. I my only th- redeeming um thing here is that that you share these experiences with me. The the bugs, the, the talking bugs, the the strange skies, and and the one hour each day when everything around me turns into a misty, ethereal realm populated by these strange dancing mushroom things, I mean, it's, it's bizarre, right? Well, you would think it was bizarre, but it's become the new normal, right? You know what I'm talking about this misty ethereal realm with the dancing mushroom thing i mean it's it's bizarre it's but it's it's become part of our lives right who would have thought just a few short months ago that we would accept this as normal it's 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 really sometimes it's hard to wrap your head around right am i right the, the bugs and the, and the, sky, the purple skies and the, and the strange, you know, the ethereal, misty realm for the one hour a day. I mean, who would have thought that 3 o'clock would have turned into that strange time? And, and I'm still trying to figure out. I don't know. But I, have you figured out what it means? I mean, what's the you – know, they're not even talking about it on the news. Well, except during um, the, 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 uh, the bunking hour, right? It's 7 a.m., between 7 a.m. and 8 a.m., um, each morning on, on, on channel um, 3000, right, the bunking hour, I mean, during which, instead of debunking uh, things that we think to be false in some way, they reinforce the things that we know are true, like the skies and the talking bugs and the, right, the, the, the misty ethereal realms. And, of course, <laughs> even more than that, the new body part, right? Am I right? Who would have thought? That would have that growing out of our. I know, right? It's, and I mean the things that it does. I I don't understand the buzzing. Doesn't make sense to me, and the placement right between your third and fourth intercostal. Who would have thought you'd have that? And it it's like, it, like accordions out unpredictably, and, and 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 then it has like a face on the end. I mean, God, it's weird. Well, it's not weird. It's the new normal, right? I mean, talk about uncertain times. I mean, you know what I'm talking about, right? It it's it's it, it would have seemed strange just a couple of months ago, but now it's the new normal. <laughs> and it's it's hard to get our heads around. It does seem dreamlike sometimes. And if you're like me at all, um you've you've given up um trying to make uh, too much sense of these things, and you've accepted them as part of your new reality, and you're trying to move on and navigate this time, right, and make make the most of it. And uh, and it's it's I think it's I think it's coming together in ways that I wouldn't have expected. You know, the the body part is starting to make sense to me. Um, and you know what's really weird is when it starts talking back to the chattering bugs, like the. It, isn't that strange? And then during the ethereal time, right, three o'clock every day. <laughs> crazy. But during that hour, everything that is new supersedes what is old. And you just sort of take a back seat and you become like a passenger and everything else just interacts in this magnificent new way. And you start to realize that you are part of the old guard. You're part of the old world and you're fading out. And the new world is slowly seeping in and taking over the masks, the gloves your favorite restaurant that you can't go to other than on one side of the plexiglass to get your takeout. It's, it's, it's really a, it's a strange new world and who would have thought that would live to see this? Who would have thought, but it's, and not to mention, right? Not to mention what has happened to the very ground under our feet. And how that's become to, that's become something new and different. And it's taken on a different quality. I mean, it's. I I just I I'm I'm really having. I, I don't know I, I don't I don't know whether to be overjoyed, or 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 saddened. I I think I feel a combination of the two. I feel some nostalgia for the old world, but by the same token, you know, you gotta, you have to accept the what you what you're given. And and so I hope you'll join me, um, here for this new edition. Of the Introverted Exhibitionist podcast, in which we try to move forward in these uncertain times, <laughs> and and in this new dreamlike world that we inhabit, and try to make sense of it, and also talk about writing and publishing because that's what this podcast is largely about, and that's mostly what my life and world are about. And as you know, that's what the Introverted Exhibitionist podcast, the I.E. Cast, really focuses on is uh, my life and. Uh, my writing world, uh, my experience as a writer in that world. so let's move on down the line. It's been a while since I've talked to you, but there's been so much going on as you can tell with the bugs in the sky and the misty ethereal realm, right in <laughs> the body part and all that sort of stuff. Um, but you know what I'm talking about you're, you're going through all that yourself, so I'm not gonna I'm not gonna spend too much more time on that right now. but um, uh, you know, I think it's all these the, it makes sense that I haven't been on um, talking for a little while, but I'm back and I'm going to stay back. I'm well, I'm going to stay forward. Well, forget it. You know what I'm saying. Hopefully this is the start of many more IE casts to come because, you know, it just it doesn't seem right that I should not be podcasting during these uncertain times. When you're when you're in need of something to listen to and uh, something to help you get through this this tough time. And it is a tough time for a lot of us in a lot of ways. And I don't mean to make light of that in anyway, so don't get me wrong. I'm just trying to take our minds off the truly strange times and maybe very dark times in which we're living right now and maybe lighten things up just a little bit as we talk about some of the things that I've been going through and doing. So what have I been doing? Well, I've been sheltering in place, as I just talked about, right, at the the top of the cast, um, i 've been <clears throat> working from home on the day job stuff and then also writing from home uh, primarily i 've been working on some uh, pitches and proposals for some projects now, as you might have heard there 's this little thing called a pandemic which is underway right now, and it has really impacted the publishing industry in a lot of ways and and that goes across the board um, it 's it's really hit the traditional publishing business hard, uh, but also the indie publishing business in different ways, though some indie publishers and authors are thriving, making tons of sales because there are people who are looking for things to read and take their minds off the difficult times. Um, but then others of us are not uh, exactly selling right and left, uh, but we're you know still trying to bank content and add stories and novels to our inventory for when sales do pick up. So I've been trying to abide by that, but really I've mostly been working on pitches and proposals, and I'm, I'm, I'm working on one right now, which is just, it's truly bizarre, even by my standards, but I'm, re- I'm really into it, and it just started to take life today, which is kind of cool. That's how it is uh, when you're a writer, right? You, you know, sometimes the harder you push to try to, to get a project going, the further away it gets. <laughs> I don't know, if, have you experienced that? I'll bet you have, if you're a writer like me or you're any kind of creative person like, like I am. Um, you start and, and, and you, you, you have this n- nugget of an idea and you want to try to get it done as quickly as possible and get it out there to market and try to m- make it into something. Um, bring it to life as soon as you can. But you can't always do that because the muse does not always uh, obey your command, <laughs> right, to say the least. Uh, she can be fickle. And you have to sometimes start the work and then step back. And, you know, this is actually a good topic to discuss. Maybe I'll talk about it a little bit later, though I hadn't really planned on it. I had some other things I was going to discuss. But um, it, is, it is something that's uh, it's part of every writer's experience and every creative person's experience. You know, the, the interplay with the muse, the, uh, the interplay with uh, motivation and, uh, and inspiration, and they don't always work c- as quickly as we'd like. And sometimes the best thing you can do is to step, a- step away. <laughs> Drop the chalupa and step away. <laughs> and uh, it's, it's really, it's kind of a zen thing. Sometimes the less you look at the project you're trying to work on, the more will come to life in your mind. And then you can jump back in and really bring it to life on the page or on the screen or whatever. Uh, I sort of had that experience just this week working on a on a proposal i I was struggling with it and just staring at the screen and getting more and more frustrated and doing other things <laughs> that i shouldn't have been doing because it just wasn't it just wasn't kicking in into gear and then <clears throat> today, I spent <clears throat> most of the day running errands and doing chores, and lo and behold, it <clears throat> started to finally come to life so that 's one of the wonderful things about the creative process and it 's one of the things that makes it fun. Is that it does have kind of a life of its own And it can be unpredictable And I think that's one of the best parts of it Because you don't always know how it's going to work And and it can be even more wonderful when it does work Than you initially imagined it could be So I've been working on things And I've been very busy extremely, extremely busy. It seems like I'm busier now that I'm working the day job from home than I was before that. Strangely enough, you wouldn't exactly expect that to result, but that has been the case. So um, I've had a number of publishing adventures and uh, you have know, been trying to make things happen, pull things together and build some inventory for when the pandemic finally draws to a close. So uh, there is one project, however, that's coming up. <clears throat> in the uh, immediate future And I wanted to tell you about it Because I'm really excited about it As you might recall from past casts I work with interns At my company, Pi Press And uh, I always enjoyed doing that It's been a great experience for me And it's it's only gotten better As the years have gone by And as I've improved the process And learned to work more effectively With my interns And to help them uh, to learn about about indie publishing and my world and my experience, and to help them get ready to <clears throat> jump into that world themselves. Anyway, I wrote a book about this because it's something that you two could do if you wanted to try to bring in an intern or two or three or whatever uh, to work with you at your publishing company, your publishing enterprise. Uh, so I wrote this book. It's called Authors and Interns, and it's part of a, a bundle of ebooks. About writing that's coming out on May 5th at 9 o'clock PM EST. So I'm really excited about that because it's a it's a great bundle. It's put together by the fantastic story bundle outfit, right? Which is based on the on the West Coast, headed up by Jason Chen who is a super guru when it comes to bundling ebooks. He really knows what he's doing. These bundles are always awesome and I always love being a part of them whenever I can. So this writing tools or writing bundle that's coming out on May 5th <clears throat> is one that I've wanted to be a part of for a number of years because it's one of my favorites. They always have top-notch writing instructional books and they cover all kinds of different angles and aspects of the writing field and the publishing field. And they do one every year, and I always wanted to be in one. So I finally got in one with this authors and interns book. I'm really happy with the way the book came out. And I produced the book with the help of interns. Um, over the past couple of years, I've, gotten, I've collected quotes and information from different interns with whom I've worked. And I've incorporated those quotes into the book, so they're part of the book. And then the interns I've been working with this um, current semester that's just now drawing to a close, right, the spring semester of 2020, they helped me to go through and clean up the book and perfect it, and get it ready for publication. So it's really appropriate that they've been working with me on the project. Anyway, I have the book on my screen right now, and I'd like to read you an excerpt, a little preview, because this is part of the Writing Story Bundle. And the book right now, the only way you're going to be able to get it for a while, right, currently, it is exclusive to the Story Bundle, to the Writing Story Bundle, coming out on May 5th at 9 p.m., I think it's EST. It might be PST, but I think it's EST. Anyway, by May 6th, you'll be able to get it everywhere for sure. And this book is really a great guide. I'm really happy with the way it came out. I really am. It really sums up my experience working with interns over the years and how wonderful it can be. And I think a lot of that uh, is captured in this introduction to the book. So I'm going to read that uh, for you, an excerpt from the introduction. To Authors and Interns. Imagine having someone to help you with your writing and publishing business, doing the tasks you never seem to have time to accomplish yourself. Imagine paying that person not with cash, but with experience and learning. Too good to be true? Well, it's not. Working with student interns can make a difference for you as an author or publisher, expanding the possibilities of what you can achieve. It can be like instantly adding a staff to your company, bringing in one or more team members with editing, design, social media, or marketing skills. It can also give you the chance to help your interns in return. It can let you pay forward, at least a little, some of the mentoring that you yourself may have received on the road to creating your own career. At least that's how it's been for me. I've worked with college student interns since September 2014. It has been such a challenging and enriching experience that I've decided to share what I've learned in this book. Because working with interns is something many writers can benefit from, especially if you have a guidebook like this to show you the way. The techniques I have described in these pages, developed through years of trial and error, can serve as the basis of your own internship program. Follow this template, and you're likely to find success in recruiting, training, tasking, evaluating, and uplifting your own teams of interns for years to come. Always keep in mind, however, that in the end, your mileage may vary. Every internship experience is unique and has the potential to veer into unexpected new territory. Because of this, you should always think of your internship program as a fluid, changeable thing, not set in stone. As with so many business practices, a good internship, a good, a good internship program must evolve. You should always leave room for the incorporation of new tools and techniques as they become available. You should always keep an open mind because you might just find new ways to work more effectively with your intern staff. You should be open to learning from your interns as they can be valuable teachers in their own right. Ultimately, the rewards of an internship program are worth the effort you put into it. It can recharge your writing and publishing, providing fresh perspectives and energy when you need them the most. It can help your interns grow and thrive and succeed, preparing them for the next stages of their careers. And it can do the same for you in the bargain. So there you go. That's an excerpt from my new book, Authors and Interns, How to Boost Your Publishing Business and Pay It Forward with Student Helpers. And again, it's part of the Writing Story Bundle, which is coming out May 5th. And oh my God, <laughs> that is going to be such a great bundle. Trust me, you want to check it out. And story bundles are always cool because you can sort of pay what you want, right? Right? You can get, they always have like a, a basic tier of ebooks that you can bundle, a, a section of the bundle that you can get for one low price. And then you can add additional bonus books for an additional price, which is still very low. And one of the cool parts about this is you can direct a portion of the proceeds of what you spend toward a charity. And in this case, I think, usually it's this great group, it's called Able Gamers, which brings gaming to people who are challenged in one way or another, and it's a really wonderful charity, and Story Bundle has worked with this Able Gamers group for a long time, so it's very worthwhile, and you're if you're a writer or publisher or you're just interested in the field, trust me, you're going to love this Story Bundle coming out May 5th, and that's Maybe, depending on when you're listening to this, it's in the near future or uh, you've already passed the date and the the bundle is available. I think it's available through most of the month of May, so you should have some time to pick it up. Um, But if you're you're like me, you would probably want to get it quickly (laughs) because you want to dig into those great books and enhance your writing and publishing efforts. So that's coming up really soon. Now, speaking of interns... You've heard from some of my interns um, just over the last couple of weeks. Uh, I've been working with uh, three of them this semester, one from the University of Pittsburgh, uh, Joe Melillo, and then two from the University of Iowa, Sonia Belts and Jenny Acree. Now, uh, Jenny recorded a clip, and I would like to bring that to you now because uh, she's done an excellent job this semester. I've been really happy with her work. Uh, she's an up-and-coming writer-editor type who is attending the University of Iowa from afar, right, due to the pandemic, and, uh, she's recorded a, uh, a segment, uh, a dispatch from the University of Iowa, which I'd like to share with you right now. So I hope you'll enjoy this. This is Jenny Acre, my current student intern from that fabulous writing mecca, the University of Iowa. Take it away, Jenny.
1: I have been working a lot on perfecting short stories for my advanced fiction writing class, which is a workshop class. Workshop classes are great for letting other people read and react to your work. It's especially fun to see how many ways people can interpret your writing. I've listened to full debates about whether or not two characters are dating. The classroom is a great place to develop short story writing skills. When I came to the University of Iowa, my idea of a short story was three pages long. Now, after two semesters, my idea of a short story is a minimum of 15 pages. Short story writing is such a skill, and surprisingly a hard one. Reading the work of other advanced students teaches you how to think outside the box and develop new ideas. Besides my short stories, I write my novel, which I have been working on for over a year now. I spent months researching and plotting before even opening the first Word document. Research is one of the most important aspects of novel planning, especially if you're writing a novel that takes place in a different time period, like mine does. It's not the first novel I've ever started, far from it actually, but it won't be the first I've ever finished either. I have three finished novels sitting somewhere in notebooks in my room. Not every novel that you wrote in middle school or high school can go further than a notebook though. Writing a novel takes a lot of work, stretcher, and sacrifice to write something you're really proud of, and that can change the world. It can even take three forgotten novels and to finally feel like you're figuring it out.
0: Great job, Jenny. Thanks again, and thanks for being part of the staff of interns at Pi Press Publishing here in 2020. So speaking of interns, right, we seem to have a theme during this episode of the IE cast, don't we? Uh, Speaking of interns, I wanted to let you all know that we are currently recruiting new student interns, college interns, for the summer and fall uh, semesters of 2020, and if you or someone you know is interested in working with us and will be enrolled at a college or university during the semester during which they would like to work with us, uh, then I hope you'll reach out and encourage them to, uh, to uh, apply because we are looking for recruits. Uh, the best way to do that would be to go through the uh, Handshake website online. That's the like the primary clearinghouse for internships for colleges and universities. Or they could just inquire through their institution, whichever school they're attending. Just talk to their advisor, their academic advisor and, and, and or their registrar. And see about that. Or they could also reach out to me at uh at by by email at uh, Robert Jishanik at Pypress Publishing dot com. Uh Jishanik is spelled J as in Juliet, E as in Echo, S as in Sierra, C as in Charlie, H as in Hotel, O as in Oscar, N as in November, E as in Echo, K as in Kilo. So um <clears throat> Like I said, this is our recruiting season, and I hope uh, you or someone you know will be interested and will consider. We already have a really solid cohort coming in for the summer semester. I gotta say, <laughs> um, I don't want to name any names or name any schools uh, right at the moment, but uh, if you have an opportunity to jump in, um, you will be you will be working alongside some top uh, students from some top schools, and I, I mean that. They don't get, they don't get much, uh, much uh, better than the schools that we're going to be working with in the summer, if everything goes to plan. So uh, I'm excited. I mean, we've worked with students from the University of Iowa during, this past sem- or during the current semester that's just now wrapping up, and you know they've, they're like a top-tier school as far as writing goes. Um, they're known, they're renowned worldwide for their writing program, and their MFA, of course, uh, but we've got some really awesome students coming from some really awesome schools in the summer, so you might want to think about it. And the cool thing about this uh, internship is that it's 100% remote so you can do it all from your from the comfort of your home. <laughs> and and that's um you know something you might not necessarily be able to do for all your internship opportunities, but that's the way we've been doing business uh since 2014 anyway. So we've been uh, we've had a lot of good results uh with that approach and I hope you or someone you know will consider that. So there you have it talking about internships. Now, since we have been away for a little while, I thought I'd give you a little extra something something uh, to make this an extra special podcast. So I've got an excerpt from my um, audiobook, which is called uh, In a Green Dress Surrounded by Exploding Clowns and Other Stories. <laughs> it's, um, it's narrated by the awesome Bill Lord. Oh, my Lord, he is so great. He is a great narrator-producer, I am telling you. And uh, this book is, uh, is I think, a pretty cool book. And I know you're going to want to check it out and recommend it to your friends because it's, uh, it's a collection of stories, some of my favorite stories uh, that I've written, uh, and some of my most crazy stories. But even in the craziness, I always try to have uh, strong characters, strong Thematic elements and beauty, right? Something to make you say, wow, that's really cool. <laughs> beauty and coolness, I should say. <clears throat> so here's an excerpt from In a Green Dress, Surrounded by Exploding Clowns, as narrated by the one and only Muddy Bill Lord. Heaving for breath, I spin in a circle,
2: looking for a way out. But I see the same thing in every direction. Nothing but clowns. Dozens of clowns. Each one of them laughs, giggles, or guffaws at the same time. They bobble their heads, slap huge clown shoes on the parking lot pavement, and toot horns. All face paint and bulbous red noses and baggy costumes and all the wild colors of the rainbow— They look like they'd be right at home at a circus or a carnival or a kid's birthday party. Except for the malevolent sneers etched into every one of their faces, and not to mention the jagged shark-like teeth lining their red-lipped maws. As the clowns close in, my heart hammers in my chest. I'm a big guy. I'll fight them. But I'm exhausted after what I've been through. The past two days of nonstop madness have wrecked me, I admit it. And I wasn't feeling up to snuff to begin with. The pain in my gut was bad at the start and has only been getting worse. Plus which, I'm wearing a bright green knee-length dress and spiked heels. Not exactly the ideal outfit for a 5'11", 225-pound guy to wear while fighting a mob of savage clowns. Back off! Even as I shouted over the crazed laughter, I see it does no good. The clowns are still moving toward me. Swallowing hard, I prepare to make my stand. I crouch and turn slowly, arms extended from my sides. Suddenly, I hear a wild scream behind me. I whip around just in time to see a clown with a big plastic daisy on its pink derby hat charging toward me. As I stumble back a step, the unexpected happens. The charging clown gets to within six feet of me and explodes, blowing apart in a burst of orange flame. I throw my arms up to shield myself. Lumps of dead clown splatter all over me, smelling like burnt bacon. Then I hear another shriek and spin to see a second clown charging. Trying to dodge him, I trip on my spiked heels and go down hard. This time the clown gets closer, within five feet before exploding. And then I hear another scream and another and another, I hear three pairs of floppy clown shoes paddling toward me. I wonder how close this new batch will get before blowing up. I wonder if they'll get close enough to take me with them. And I wish to God I'd never gotten on the Life Hacker radar in Crowdlife. Three days ago, I could not have imagined how things would turn out for me. I was busy just doing my job as an agent of Crowdlife Outcomes Enforcement, the COE. My last case, the one that changed my life, led me to a run-down tenement apartment on Skid Row. A family of five was living in this 3 room dump, dressed in rags, immersed in squalor. Make that a family of five, plus a screeching chimpanzee in a purple turban and glittering gold diaper. Look at this place, said the man of the house, Mr. Byron Chellingham. There's been a mistake, I tell you. Sorry, sir. I said, looking around the dilapidated apartment. Crowd life is spoken.' like hell. Byron swatted at what was either a passing bug or a natcam, one of the multitude of tiny airborne camera bots zipping through modern humanity's environment at all times. Natcams constantly beamed video and audio signals to augmented reality devices like my contact lenses and oral implants enabling them to enhance what I and others saw and heard. Netcams also streamed data back to the social network providers. Without them, CrowdLife, YapStream, and the like wouldn't have a window on the world. Calm down, Mr. Chellingham. I raised my voice trying to snap him out of it, doing my best to hide the fact that I felt sorry for him. You need to get a grip, sir. But someone gamed the system, don't you see? Byron flapped his arms like he was trying to take flight. His bright green eyes were bugged out, his wife beat her tank top t shirt soaked with sweat. We don't deserve this! As if to punctuate his comment, the diapered chimp screamed its lungs out on the far side of the room in the filthy makeshift kitchen. You signed the TOS. With practiced flicks of my eyes, I played the controls of my AR contact lenses. The image of a terms-of-service agreement appeared in midair between us, visualized as a sheet of paper filled with print and adorned with Byron's signature at the bottom.
0: Okay, was I right or was I right? I know I was right. Bill Lord's great. <laughs> so be sure to check out that audiobook. It's available from audible.com. And uh, also you can, of course, find it on Amazon, and you can get it on iTunes, Right. For your Apple device It's called In a Green Dress Surrounded by Exploding clowns And other stories So uh That brings us to our closing thought already I know I know It seems like we just got started Uh, But it is true that uh, The bugs are starting to tell me It's about time to wrap it up And you know It's only a few short hours Until The um You know, the the mystical, ethereal time, and and I got to get ready for that. And of course, you know, the strange body part is starting to twitch a little bit, and that means it's almost, you know what I'm going to say, feeding time, right? And that's a little scary. (laughs) If you're like me, which I know you are, because we're all going through the same thing in these uncertain times. That's the one certainty in these uncertain times, is that we're all kind of going through the same thing. In, a, in, in slightly different ways. So, I mean, that's kind of nice, right? We have a shared experience. Well, here's something else that we probably are all sharing, especially those of you who are writing and publishing <clears throat> as I do. And that is your writing system is probably somewhat different from the way it was before the pandemic started. <clears throat> I know that's the case with me. Things are just not quite the same. I have um, a different kind of setup here, because I'm. if you're like me, you're working your day job from home. If you're lucky enough to do that, I hope you are. And that means you spend a lot more time in the same <clears throat> box, <laughs> in the same habitation, and you don't get out and have as much visual variety. You don't have as much sensory variety or social variety. And that can kind of clip your wings a little bit in some ways, right? Because you don't have as much input or not quite the same kind of input that you usually do if you're out and about and a part of the world in addition to being a writer and publisher, right? I know that's how I am. It's just a little bit different. You don't have that same level of input because you're in the house all day. And of course, if you're lucky enough to have someone in the house with you, whom you like (laughs) and, and who likes you, then, uh, then you do have some input from that person and you have input via your laptop, your zoom meetings or Skypes or whatever, uh, WebExes and you have phone calls and, and things like that. And you have television and, and you have books and, internet, uh, outlets, but it's not quite the same, is it? I mean, it's not life. It's not mm, in your face. It's not around you. It's not 3d. It's different. And you also have other challenges, I think as well. Um, I'm fortunate enough that I don't have a lot of disruption, uh, in my, in my environment, but you might not be on the same wavelength in that regard. You might have more noise in your home environment than you do in your work environment. You might have uh, kids in the house or you might have kids around the house or in the apartment upstairs or downstairs or whatever. It can be a little challenging. It's just different. It's a different wavelength and you have to adapt yourself because it is, of course, more critical than ever that you continue your creative pursuits, that you continue your writing or whatever you do that you love that is creative. And you have to finesse and rework and remold yourself, remold your system in order to continue to be productive and to have that creative outlet because, oh my God, do you need a creative outlet right now? (laughs) Let's face it. Just to survive, you need the creative outlet. Am I right? I know I am (laughs) in this case. So I hope you're functioning suitably, and I hope that you're keeping yourself moving forward artistically, because that is critical, and it can be difficult. It's just things have changed, right? And change can sometimes be the enemy, or at least kind of a, uh, you know, a friend who can be a little difficult sometimes, (laughs) right? So... um. You know, I hope that you 're managing to stay afloat and to continue your work, and that you 're not letting uh you 're not letting yourself be subsumed by the worries that are on your mind and your heart um, because that can be the biggest drag of all on your creative work if you have a lot of worries and I know we all do right now, right because you're watching stuff on t v you're look you 're seeing it on the internet, you look on your Facebook feed, and people are going on about the coronavirus and what's going to happen and when are we going to reopen the economy and you know is there going to be another great depression and oh man so many people have lost their jobs so many people are hanging by a thread and of course you're worried and I'm worried and I'm making light of things I know in this podcast but I am taking them very seriously and deeply seriously Uh, But I think it's maybe more important than ever that you continue your creative pursuit in some way and that you keep writing, you keep working, building your inventory and molding your future and maybe that will help you to pull yourself through this dark time and get to the other side and have something to show for it and maybe that something will help to lift you up to the next level maybe it'll help you even financially in ways that you can't foresee because writing can be very rewarding in in the new world of indie publishing. And uh, I just hope that you're hanging on and that you're doing the work and that you're enjoying the work and you're continuing to enjoy your life and find new ways to work around the changes that have disrupted your world and continuing to do the good work that you know you love to do, so that's our closing thought for this edition of the uh introverted exhibitionist podcast the i e cast as I so cleverly call it, and that brings us to the uh, to the end of our little get together. I almost hate to say goodbye because it's so nice to have some company <laughs> right, but uh you know all good things must come to an end, and so um I'd just like to remind you that you can find me on social media. I'm on Facebook; just search for Robert Trushonik. And you can also find me on Twitter as at the Fictioneer. You can find me on, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, Patreon. Also, I hope you'll consider to, consider sponsoring me on Patreon. That would be a great thing to do because I got great exclusive material that I'm planning to post there really soon, and you'll be the first to get it. So check me out on Patreon as well. And all the other outlets, you can find me on YouTube and Tumblr and all all over the place. Instagram as well. How could I forget? Instagram. I I post daily on Instagram with a little help from my intern friends. By the way, did I remind you yet again that my book, Authors and Interns, is part of the Writing Story Bundle, which begins on May 5th at 9 p.m., you're going to want to get a copy of that. It's really great. Trust me. And we're recruiting interns for the summer and fall semesters here at Pi Press Publishing. It's 100% remote internship experience. And trust me, there's a lot of learning that goes into this. And your friend or yourself, you are going to be glad that you joined this, this team. Speaking of, speaking of teams, there's a team called Robert's Readers, which is on Facebook. Look it up. You can get all kinds of free stuff from me, my stories and books. I put them up for free there, and I just ask that you enjoy them and join the community because it's a really great group of people. Very friendly, very welcoming. I hope you'll check it out, Robert's Readers. I also also hope that you might consider leaving a good rating or review online if you so choose. Uh, That does benefit... The I.E. cast, it makes me feel good too And I I like to feel good as opposed to feeling bad Even though that misty ethereal time can sometimes be a little bit difficult And uh, it gives me funny feelings In fact, there's this new feeling that I never had before And it has started to make a big difference in my life And it's an alien feeling? I don't even know how to describe it Well, you know what I'm talking about I don't need to tell you I don't need to tell you I still don't have a name for it yet. Do you? It's so strange in these uncertain times to encounter something like that. And you know what I'm talking about. I'll let you think about it. Let me know your thoughts. Maybe you'll have a, a cooler name for it than I do. It's, it's a tripartite feeling, a tripartite emotion that I've never experienced before. I, maybe you have, but I haven't. And I'm just so excited that it's now part of my emotional palette. <laughs> anyway, let me know your thoughts. So... That's it for this edition of the IE Cast. Thank you for joining me. It was wonderful to have your company. And I just want to remind you, if you're a writer, keep on writing. If you're an artist, keep on arting. If you're a musician, keep on performing. Whatever you love most, keep on doing it, as long as it doesn't hurt anybody else. That's the key. Good night from Planet Bob. That's my world, and you're welcome to it. I'll see you next time on the Introverted Exhibitionist Podcast.